Welcome to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Roy Vanawater. I'm Derek Nippers. And I am Clayton Langelzigich. And today we are talking about establishing a growth path within an Agile organization. So the general idea of you have, you have a bunch of employees within the organization that all want to improve themselves or maybe don't want to improve themselves. And how do you show them what they can do to get better and incentivize them to want to do those things? Do you mean like get a raise? Sure. Uh, so I think that's that's like the classic, right? Management 1.0 way of, of incentivizing people to get better, right? I want to climb the ladder so I can make more money. Right. You start out as junior developer, you go to senior developer, then you become manager, then you eventually become a C-level officer, and each one of those titles is associated with a salary band. I think that's... It, standard corporate stuff. Right. Very conventional. And then you have less people at the top, right? So it's standard pyramid structure. But what else can you do? Like... Well, so I guess we should talk about money as a motivator. Um, I think there's some there's some literature out there and some studies that show that I mean, for knowledge work, money is not a great motivator. But there are probably some people who still associate that, like money as a status thing or titles as a status thing, so they want that thing. Yeah, um, I mean, that's still the way that most businesses do it today, right? So I would definitely say the majority of people think that way. So would an agile organization be somewhere that people are so engaged in the work that giving them a bump in their pay is not make or break it territory? Well, there are definitely studies that show that once you get beyond a certain salary range, I think I heard you talking about it, Clayton. I think you said like 80K or so or whatever. I think that's what's in drive. Right. And, so, drive. and I'm sure that the number may be different. It's probably different for every person. But that beyond a certain salary range... Uh, people are much more motivated by the work they do and the people they are surrounded with and the environment in which they work than they are by the actual salary. That if you look on the list of like um, things that they look at as far as like making a decision to switch to a new job, like it's very low on the list. Like they need to make enough to survive, but other than living comfortably, they don't really need all that much money, right? Like most people aren't choosing a new job to get rich. The people that do that become entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of the things that you potentially limit is if you have good people somewhere else that you're trying to attract. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is if you say, you know, 60K or 70K or whatever that number is, like the number you care about, and as long as you provide meaningful, awesome work, right. that's great. You know, what if there's this really great person, but they're making 130000 and their mortgage and their car payments and everything total up to that? It's kind of, you know, in order to attract that really good person now, you know, that person has to sell their home, sell their house, Right, so I, I think that sure. yeah, if if everybody was level set starting at zero, I absolutely think that that works. But how do you be competitive and luring good talent when you know other companies aren't following that same suit? Like, what happens? How do you deal with that? So I can I can understand what you're saying there, but I think there's a difference between uh, trying to lure people over with your culture and then dropping the salary down and matching their existing salary, but then luring them over with the culture. Right? What I'm saying, what wouldn't work is having a crappy culture, but having an awesome salary. That's better than what they're making now. Yes. I mean, I, I agree with that. But I think one of the things that you start to do is, you know, do managers start to have a conversation where they really talk about, hey, let's level set and it's really not about money and let's make the culture really awesome. And you make the culture really awesome and you start to set this baseline. What happens and you, when you then want it, it, just an incredible employee that everybody wants on the team. Everything's great, but now you're going to pay that person twice what the current people are there. 
because they can't do it. Like there, there starts to become some issues. So I absolutely agree that throwing money at the problem right. to make existing employees more happy is not a path to being good, right? So I mean, if you're paying somebody, you know, eighty k, and you're giving them crappy work, and they're you know not doing what you want, and they're not learning, and they're not growing, giving them ninety k is not going to make them happy, is not going to make them grow. It might bump them for a few right. months or a year, but then they're going to be right back to where they were at. Um, but I think it's sticky if you just start to say like, well, we don't need to pay anybody more than you know the base that Dan says, and then you know life is good from there. Like I, I, I don't, I don't think that's a very realistic uh, approach either. Yeah, getting back right here, the original um, question about like growth or career growth, whatever. Um, I think you had talked about you know, how do people advance, and we were talking about the corporate ladder. So what I'm wondering is what could you do like what could a manager or management team do to maybe outline some things uh i guess like a better path like what could they do to set expectations so that people knew hey in order to kind of level up like these are the things i'd have to do well i kind of i kind of feel like those expectations and those those whatever things to level up kind of need to come from a from the team or come need to be based in the reality of that organization so like just saying, like I, I need you to work twice as much. Like if the, there's no demand for that, like that that may not be realistic. I, I so like I feel like it needs to be very applicable to an individual team. Like certain teams may value certain type of behavior more than others. Well, like let's say that as an organization, uh, like you decide that technical excellence is very important. Mm-hmm. Would it be fair for someone to say like, hey, if you want to kind of level up and be viewed as the next level? Um, and the organization that you would like always demand technical excellence and like here are some different ways that you could show that that's happening like is that the kind of expectation or metric you could use i kind of agree with that but i I, like i said i kind of feel like if people feel like they are holding themselves accountable to the team so like i'm i'm part of a team of so many people right and uh those those we as a team run into this problem and as part of solving that problem i need to get better at technical excellence because we're let's say we're a team that's that's having huge problems with technical debt because i am passionate about the team and i demand that my team does great work i am going to have to become passionate about technical debt in order to make my team great but if it's not a problem if technical debt isn't a problem for whatever reason then maybe i don't need to be awesome at um at uh, you know technical excellence so like I, that, that's kind of where I'm coming from with the, like it's applicable to the individual team so, and the so, problems that they're so facing. So I think there's a couple of problems potentially with that, right? Like, so one is you're saying that um, I can impose on you that you have to grow. You don't get a choice about that, right? But then it is your choice on what you can grow on, mm-hmm. right? And I'd say, well, if it's so important that I get to make all the choices, why do you get to make the choice whether I grow or not? What if what if I think I'm really great and I don't care and I don't think that I need to grow to mm. to deliver this product? Then you know, STFU, and, and the only reason I bring it back to that is I think that what we're really talking about is how do you encourage people to learn? And my answer to that largely is I don't think you can. But and, and what I what I mean is I think that you've got growth minded people and you've got fixed mindset people, and I think that the first thing that continuous learning organizations have to do is start to say we're not going to waste our time with people who don't want to learn. But you can you can convert people from fixed mindset into a growth mindset. Uh, you you thing. can. And I think that that 
the best way to do that would be through like the team and have a team really be pushing for that type of behavior, right? So like as a manager, I wouldn't be encouraging people to learn. As a manager, I would be demanding greatness from a team and a the team would figure out a way to help Clayton learn whatever, right? Like that be, then but, becomes. But a, wouldn't it be fair for the team to say, "I don't want to fart around with trying to make Clayton learn. I want to do this other really yeah, magnificent yeah, thing." After they have tried to make Clayton, but learn. why? Why should they? Ha- why should they? If you're going to totally give them the power to do what they want as a team, why can't they just say, "Because we don't want Clayton on our team." It's it's too easy to cast away people that could potentially be great just because nobody gives them a chance. Like it's really easy to make that the, the easy call of like, "Oh, we just don't want this person because it's really difficult dealing." with their right. problems and so i guess where i'm getting is i i think that what you're saying is that there's a there is a difference between self-direction and self-organization and so i i think it's totally okay for an organization to say we think for our organization to be successful people need to have these type of skills or need to mm-hmm. have these type of abilities and that we're going to chart your success how you're getting to those right so earlier you were saying like well i don't think you should chart like what i should be growing towards you should let me totally d- define that I don't know if I, I don't. I don't think that's what I intended to say. Maybe that's what I communicated, but I, I think I failed to communicate. Right. If that's I, the case. Well, well, I mean, I, I think, I think if you're gonna say like, hey, you're stuck with certain people potentially on your team, mm-hmm. and you're stuck with it, like there's an expectation to learn. I think it's okay to say this is the expectation of what we expect you to learn. Sure. And that we can chart. Are you? Do you have growth towards that? Okay. Right. Um, now, I think in a perfect world, you say, hey. You work with the people that you want to work with, right? Like, if people are dragging you down, like, don't work with them, right? Right? That you define how you want to grow and what the best skill set is. I just don't think most organizations are mature and have teams that are mature enough to fully operate in that capacity, right? That's true. I mean, most organizations aren't even in working in a capacity where any of the individuals of the team are have the emotional maturity or, cap- or like, interactive tools to, like, deal with giving people feedback. Like, if I had a problem with, with somebody on the team, like, I wouldn't even know how to address that. Maybe the best thing I would, I would know how to do is, like, go to my manager and complain, and that's it. Or maybe complain about it behind their back at, at the water cooler. But right. I don't know how to actually deal with the problem. And I would say, I think we even did this at Integram at one time, right? And I, I don't know, maybe if we can find it, we'll post it. But we listed out, like, hey, to be a good Agile coach, what right. are all the skill sets that you need, right? Like, what, what are the things that you need to grow in? And then, like, hey, can we self-assess? ourselves to say like hey if we're looking at this where am i deficient where could i grow the most and could i can i be deliberate right can i do mm-hmm. deliberate practice on how could i be better at, at coaching somebody but i mean even in that like i remember i remember when we did that exercise and there were some we, we ran into some uh some like specific technical issues uh, implementation details that didn't work out for us right and that's i guess that's part of where i'm getting to is i think this is really difficult stuff to do right yeah, Derek, you had mentioned the concept of simple rules. I think it was from um, uh, what's that podcast? The uh, Partnerships and Possibilities. Yes, thank you. you mentioned simple rules, and so the idea of having like very simple things. I, I like the idea of saying, you know, to be at a certain level of senior software developer, or whatever, maybe like you value openness or something. And I think there's a lot of different agile frameworks and different things out there that would list, you know, say five, six values that are pretty easy to adopt. And something like openness seems like very simple and there's probably a lot of different ways that most people do not practice being open or mm-hmm. transparent and i think that's a very easy indicator where you could say like you know what behaviors ha- have you changed or what behaviors have you maybe you adopted that show that you value openness and i think those are the kind of things that you would want to drive towards so as far as like growing on the team or in the organization if you had a list of those kind of things 
it seems like it would be fairly easy for individuals to pick those things and decide which ones they think. And maybe they would need some help with kind of the self-assessment part or becoming self-aware right. about how good or bad they are at those things. Right. Cause I, it's funny you should mention that as a specific example because I actually had a discussion earlier today about um, openness. And the, the problem that the team was having was uh, they have individuals on the team that are berated by the rest of the team whenever they make a mistake and that those types of mistakes are never forgotten or let go. It's constantly being brought up. So like in this case, like for estimating, for example, like they estimated higher than everybody else. And it's like, oh, like look at this person who doesn't have any experience and estimate higher than everybody else. And now, now they're afraid to make any estimates at all unless they like look at the team to see what the team has done first. And like it, it was that making fun of that didn't uh, allow for the openness. But I don't think the team is even in this point where they realize that their behavior caused this non-open non-opened culture they probably think like oh we were like we totally criticized him and like that was nice and open and he know how he feel uh, we know how he feels about it and they didn't realize that they shut down the very thing that that they claim to probably try to create Derek in your example where the team would decide like hey I don't want to help this person try and learn anymore I, I don't want to try and make them learn anymore um, like how far like in maybe a situation like that like how much effort would they have to put in before they said like this person just doesn't want to learn so I'm not going to waste my time I mean, I think that I think that's the organization's call, right? Like, so I think it's either, you know, you give people the power to say who's on and off their team, mm-hmm. or you kind of give people and say like, hey, here's your team, and you guys need to learn how to work together as a team. Um, I don't think there's <clears throat> a right or wrong to that, right? I think there's pitfalls to both sides, and if you've got somewhat immature people on teams, like it gets really petty that like you know you're just swapping people from team to team you know you've got somebody who doesn't have skills doesn't want to learn and so they go from one team to the next team to the next team right and maybe they are you know a a reasonable potential talent but nobody's mentoring them or giving the time like so i think there's some danger in there unless you've got some mature um organizational pieces um but i think you know you could go either way well, I think uh, we're about out of time, so thank you for joining us. If you have any opinions, please join us on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Agile Weekly. We'd love to hear what you think about this. Thanks. Bye-bye. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integramtech.com slash podcast, where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your Agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866 244 8656.